This is the Music and Mental Health Podcast with Theology and DJ Fat Rain. What is up, world? Welcome to the Music and Mental Health Podcast, episode 18. Wow, we're really flying by here. Today we have music and mixes from the likes of After Us, Vector U, Steel Dragon 8, Equalize, Jeff Rush, myself, and more. Make sure you stay tuned at the end for my discussion with Pete Beat. Uh, this is a really interesting one, and I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear it. We'll even have a little tune by him later. But first, here's that tune by Jeff Rush. This is Moonside. Enjoy.
Up next, we've got a little Max Regrant and Slowfish. This is Light After Darkness. Enjoy. 
Bayaba presents Parallel Windows with an absolute banger there. That was Foray. And up next is After Us with Into the Unknown. I really like After Us. Keep making music, please. Wonder why, I wonder why I keep on trying to stay. Can't break away. I've realized that I might just need to find another way. Another day. Take it.
was Sasha milled with tomorrow and up next man I've really crossed an item off of my bucket list here this is mine and equalizes chill step collab of the legend of Zelda's great fairies fountain or file select theme by Koji Kondo I hope you enjoy
Deltarunes Don't Forget There with the Sari Remix Treatment. I met Sari at MAGFest, and that dude was awesome. Before that, you heard Super Mario Galaxy 2's Yoshi Star Galaxy, remixed by Player 2. Up next, we got the man, the myth, the legend, Vector Yu, and this time he's bringing Cool Danch with him on the remix duties. This is Outset Island from The Wind Waker. Enjoy.
like the whole world do. All the things that it ought to do. What it would were all the stories true. And at the end of my arm, you live this cruel life and try to forgive. A photon from another galaxy reaches the earth as we gaze at the sky. It traveled on these last two million years, all along to meet your blue gray, blue gray eye. I'll make life safe again, like you were eight or ten. Down blossom carpets, summer meadow path, on the endless day in the photograph. And all the clocks wind down for me These atoms are mine They know my history A photon from another galaxy Reaches the earth as we gaze at the sky It travelled on these last two million years All along to meet your blue-grey, blue-grey I'll make two one for you I'll make the end brand new The things that pull you from a perfect life Will not be there nor any kind of strife And if you find that I don't succeed well of you, my heart. A photon from another galaxy reaches the earth as we gaze at the sky. It travels on these last two million years, all along to meet your blue gray, blue gray eye. there with another galaxy. Hope you enjoyed that one. Before we get into our discussion with him, let's listen to a new one from Skill Dragon 8. This is his remix of Bubblegum KK from Animal Crossing. Enjoy.
Well, that's all I got for you today on the music front. Let's get right into that discussion with Pete Beat. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Music and Mental Health Podcast, episode 18. Wow, we are really cruising along here. Uh, the time flies. Uh, you'll notice that DJ Fat Rain is not with us today, but instead I have another person from the United Kingdom. Uh, this is Pete Beat. He was recommended to the podcast by a viewer, and I'm really stoked to have you, man. Uh, Pete, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. So thanks for having us on, first of all. Totally. Um, so so I'm a, I'm a musician. Um, I'm about to release my fourth album. Um, the singles are coming out at the moment. So I've released uh, three albums before this and various EPs. Uh, and I've also, throughout the years, had various mental health struggles which um, is kind of the story of the of the fourth album that's coming out. So I haven't, oh, really awesome. spoke, I haven't really spoke openly about this before, but I just thought as it's the story of the album, it, it would seem like a good time to talk about it. Um, and it, it, it's, it, like, it seemed like a slightly difficult thing to start talking about, but I thought that, that probably means it's a good thing to talk about, you know, uh, to reduce Absolutely. the stigma. If, if, you know, whatever you're going through, there's a, probably other people experiencing the same things. I thought 100%. it might help. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I love that your fourth album is specifically about uh, kind of your story and what you went through. Uh, before we go into that, what kind of music do you make, Pete? Um, it's it's hard to describe. Hopefully you'll put a link or something below. So oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You'll get all the shout outs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would describe it. I kind of describe it as Geordie folk, but with some electronic and jazz elements in there as well. Love that. But you probably wouldn't. From that description, you probably wouldn't uh, expect what it actually sounds like. <laughs> I guess the viewers will just have to check you out. Uh, yeah. No, that's awesome. So uh, do you want to kind of tell us about your story and how it ties into your uh, your upcoming album? And when is it releasing, by the way? So that's in April, middle of oh, April. Oh, nice. I also have an album releasing in April, so I guess we're okay. twins. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go ahead, man. Um, um, tell, us, tell us about what's up. Okay, I will do. So I, I'll think I'll uh, I'll start at the beginning in the early days, and uh, touch on all the bits that relate to music and mental health. As Perfect, awesome, yeah. The floor is yours, my friend. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I guess I started with music um, when I was quite a, quite a young child. From from an early age, we had a Hammond organ in the house, so I just used to play that. And Such no one good else sounds in, love hands. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. So uh, no one else in the house really played it much, but I kind of. Just picked it up from there. I had a series of books to, like teach yourself to play, so I kind of worked through those. Um, had a couple of lessons, but didn't really didn't really get on with the lessons. Uh, I think I was too shy. Uh, yeah. So I just continued teaching myself. Uh, then when I was about eleven, I got um, a computer that could do music and Amiga. So I started sort of messing around with sounds on there. And then in teenage years, um, kind of got into playing music with friends. So I had friends who played the guitar, so I picked up the guitar from playing with them. Um, and we also got the eight track that the school had to let us borrow it on weekends. Nice. So we got, in, uh, we got into recording stuff. There. I love so, that. Yeah, a combination of the computer and the and the eight track was sort of a got into making songs. Um, That's so and, cool, man. <laughs> at that point, we were uh, we're mainly just playing Doors songs. We're pretty sure. much a, a Doors cover band. So yeah, yeah, nice. Kind of <laughs> know the Doors catalog. I love that. Out. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and also in sort of childhood, went through phases of listening to the Beatles. Uh, I loved the Beach Boys. I think the Beach Boys were the first band I really, really loved. And then sort of later on, the Smiths. 
Um, so that was kind Smith. of um, yeah, I love the Smiths. Um, yeah. So that was kind of up until going to university, and then I didn't study music at university. I studied computer science. Um, but in in my last year at university, you get to work on a project, so you have a lot of free time. Yep. Um, so I, I just thought I would see how good I could get a production, music production in that time. See if I could sort of do it professionally after after finishing, uh, to see if I could get up that stand. And I couldn't, but uh, I sort of continued with it after that. So then um, continued throughout my twenties, just messing about with music. I didn't always have a studio, mm-hmm. but, uh, sort of li- living with friends. Um, I had a, a little a track released on a little label in 2006, um, and that sort of things was just sort of chugging along then. And then in 2008, um, kind of, I think through, like throughout my life, I've suffered with anxiety a lot, mm-hmm. um, and particularly at university. I think I think I was only like, sort of 21 when I actually realised, hang on, I'm anxious all the time. I actually feel scared. I hadn't even, it's, it was so normal. I hadn't even realized it. Uh, and and then was, two, do you mind if I ask a question, Pete? No, no. Was this anxiety just in general for like no reason? You were just scared? Um, or was, was it triggered by certain things? I think it was kind of, um, I think mainly social anxiety, I would describe it as. Okay. So, yeah, sure, sure, it, sure. It, it, yeah, like interacting with other people. But okay. it, it was so, it was so much the norm. Like I hadn't even realized I was anxious. Um, and kind of, I sort of realized it a bit when I, when I was sort of at that point when I was 21, but mm-hmm. still sort of continued just sort of getting by as I did throughout, throughout uh, that sort of period. But then in 2008, when I was 29, I sort of had a, a bit of a, just a conflict in my personal life that sort of flared up that was very stressful mm-hmm. and I got very stressed. And, uh, in the end that led to us having a psychotic breakdown. Wow. Um, so it kind of. The actual point of having the breakdown, um, I actually went sort of like elevated mood rather than rather than feeling depressed. So I was quite sort of paranoid and I had delusions of grandeur and that. But it was it's, it all seemed quite positive, um, like like there was people out there trying to help us, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, the, the psychiatrist described it as um, a positive persecutory complex at one point. So wow. <laughs> I, I can imagine, like, luckily. Uh, so I've had two episodes of psychosis. Luckily mm-hmm. for me, they were both sort of associated with this elevated mood. So I can imagine yeah. it being sort of terrifying if, you, because it's it's so real and you you, you believe it so totally. much that if you thought uh, like if you thought everyone was out to harm you, it must be absolutely terrifying. But luckily for me, it was it was kind of okay. But what yeah, that right. first that, mm-hmm. yeah, what that first psychotic episode sort of gave us was a sort of taste of what life is like without anxiety. And then it only lasted a few weeks, the psychosis. But kind of afterwards, I sort of realized how anxious I was all the time. And then the thing about anxiety is if you start, if you sort of fear the fear itself, that becomes like a positive feedback loop. So yeah. it's just sort of like the anxiety really spiked. Um, and I was I was really struggling. So I was going back to work. Um, I was only working at first doing like a phased return. I was working two hours a day, mm-hmm. or two days a week. And even doing for four hours a week was an absolute nightmare. Like wow. from the moment from the moment I finished to get into the next shift, I was just you know in a panic about having to do it. Um, so it was kind of at that point as well when I really started writing songs. Um, so kind of started as like a bit of an escape. Um, it was just something that sort of uh, like eased the anxiety a bit. 
So mm-hmm. I kept on doing that. Um, and things kind of carried on like that. So I was sort of struggling a bit, sort of getting a bit better. And then in 2010, I kind of had the second episode there. Again, triggered by sort of a little bit of a conflict in my personal life. Yeah. And again, um, a positive sort of experience, though. It, w- it Rather was, Rather than yeah. depressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was quite manic. And at that, so the first one I'd see, I'd been put in touch with like psychiatric services and prescribed antipsychotic medication. Um, and that had been withdrawn because the, the thought it might have just been one off. So that was withdrawn, say, a few months before the second episode. Um, and when I had the second episode, I sort of, my behavior became very strange. I was sort of scaring my family a bit. Um, and at that point, I was sort of detained in hospital in a, as sectioned, as they call it, in the UK. Wow. Um, and again, restarted on the antipsychotic medication, which I'm still on to this day. Because mm-hmm. once you've had a couple of episodes, I think, well, you know, you might be prone to this. It's it's safer to stay on the medication sure. and deal with the side effects than it is to risk like another episode of psychosis. Right. Apparently with um, psychosis, like if you have multiple episodes, it can cause more long-term damage as it goes on. And you can, it can cause like cognitive deficits and that, which luckily hasn't happened with me. So it just seems safer for me to stay on the meds. Right. And how long have you been on them without an episode? Uh, being um, so triggered? S- since 2010. So Okay. Well, since 2010. Then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So luckily for me, the meds pretty much work completely. Mm-hmm. So obviously hey, that's science. not the... Woo. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah so it's obviously not the case for some people that the drugs right. cure all the symptoms so so True. i'm quite lucky but I, like i think i would you, you're talking about things to take away and um, like if one of the takeaways i think is um is don't give up hope just because you've got a diagnosis so i was diagnosed with schizophrenia in 2010 mm-hmm. um which is obviously there's a lot of stigma around it. It's quite yeah, like a big, a, a big, yeah, yep. a big, a big sort of scary diagnosis. So, like, like my story shows that it doesn't, it doesn't mean like you, you know, it's not like a death sentence. It's not the end. Yeah. It's not the end of things because I've sort of recovered now um, to the point where I've got a good job and good friends. Like no Amazing. problems now. Yeah. So, so I was going to say like after the second episode, uh, the anxiety afterwards wasn't as bad. I was kind of, kind of having come out of one episode before. I kind of. And I knew what to expect of it, but it was—I was still—it was, still, um, was still there, definitely. But then I carried on writing songs, so I wrote a lot of songs between, well, between 2010 and now. Yeah, I think and you said I like 500 I've, or something, right? Yeah, yeah, 500 songs. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, so I, I wrote a, I wrote one a week without fail. Well, I think there was a break of two weeks, one a week for seven years, wow. which is obviously like 350 in a row. Yeah, that's crazy. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've been doing what I do for about 16 years now. And I don't even think oh, I have sorry. that many catalog. <laughs> and a lot are really bad. And you don't want to hear them. So. <laughs> oh, a lot of mine are really bad. You don't want to hear them, but yeah, yeah there's, there's 500 <laughs> of them. <laughs> it's not about how good it is. It's just doing yeah. it to have that expression Absolutely. and to have that. Escape. Absolutely. And I yeah. totally agree with you there. Yeah. So I think music, it's like, it's an escape. Um, it like takes you away from your problems by mm-hmm. being creative, uh, listening to it. It does as well. Um, but I would also say writing songs is kind of, it's kind of a way to sort of hold the problems in mind and examine them and be mindful about them, which is kind of like a, a sort of therapy in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like whatever art, art you're doing is is kind of like that. It's uh, you, you know you're trying to express something, so to do that you try to understand it better. Um, so I think that's been like a massive um, sort of therapeutic influence over the years. 
Yeah, totally. And and even I would say like for those who aren't really artistic or who don't deem themselves as artistic, even just writing things down like yeah, can yeah. have that same sort of effect. Um yeah. Yeah, but anywho, continue. Yeah, yeah. So um absolutely I would say it has a therapeutic effect. So like I've, I've, I would say I've been on a steady increase since 2010, just getting better and better. Um, feeling great these days. Um, yeah, and just sort of writing all those songs, even though they weren't very good to start with, kind of <laughs> simply, by, simply by doing that many, you, you get better at it. Um, and I'm sort of uh, quite, quite enjoying the sort of um, getting a positive response to the music that I'm putting out at the moment. So... Yeah. yeah, doesn't it feel good? Yeah, that's I mean, good. Yeah, you for yeah. sure have your ten thousand hours in. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't like to say how many more than that. <laughs> if you, yeah, right. Um, but no, it, it it does feel good, right? Like I am at a point yeah. as well in my music career where it's like you know you've seen those memes that are like the it's like an iceberg, right? And it's yeah. you know, underneath the sea, it's like all these years of like hard work and grinding, and then what people actually see is like on top. I feel like I'm getting yeah. to that point as well in my music career. Okay. Uh, okay. so no, it feels good. It, it for sure feels good. Uh, I have two more follow-up questions. Uh, one is easier and one is going to take us on a, a little bit of a, probably a deeper dive, but, um, okay. what kind of songs do you tend to write the most? So like out of those 500, right. What was sort of the theme of them? Did you always write about, uh, things dealing with your mental health issues or, did you uh, write about, I don't know, a beach or the forest? Like, <laughs> give me some context, man. Uh, yeah, so I would say most of them are just me moaning about stuff. Because then you're moaning, you're moaning a song, so you don't have to moan about it in real life. Yeah, right. So I would say, like, you know, like, <laughs> I would say big themes are, like, um, unrequited love, um, mm-hmm. perhaps low mood, depression, anxiety. Sure. Um yeah, I would say that there's quite a few sort of bizarre one, bizarre ones in there. There's like a, you know, one about a, a, in fact, I wrote a couple about me, uh, about me rear end. Uh, Got it. You know, <laughs> cover all subjects. <laughs> so yeah, some of them I sort yeah, of uh, yeah. some a lot of them are moaning and quite sure. serious, but, sure. but there's some funny ones in there as well. And you got to do that, right? Like I've definitely remixed some really weird things if you look at my SoundCloud. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you've, you've you've always got to do like if you're going to do art. Like if if you're gonna do something for fifteen, twenty years, you've gotta do what interests you. It's no there's no point in trying to sort of trying to please someone else because you'll just get yeah. bored with that lo- long, long before you have any uh totally success. preach. Could not say it any <laughs> myself. Um your new album though, coming out in April. Um, so you say that it's sort of so is it about your your journey? Like uh how do the songs pertain to to what um, you've gone through and maybe what you're going through now? Yeah, so they're more or less roughly based around the time I spent in hospital and the, the sort of the things around that. So some of it's more general mental health issues. Yeah, like being, and, and being that, that was going to be my second question, by the way, is like, if I may ask, how was being in the institution? Uh, but I don't want to cut you off too much. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so, uh, so the songs on the album... Um, some of them are specifically about the experience of being sectioned and getting sort of injected with with drugs and that sort of thing. Wow! Um, s- still quite uh, you know quite jolly tunes for all of that. Um, then there's other sort of uh, there's yeah ones just about sort of life in general. Um, uh, there's 
there's one that like specifically mentions schizophrenia. There's one that sort of talks about a, a, an idea that um, I don't know if you're familiar with the author Alan Moore. And, um, I'm not. Sorry. No, he, he wrote a book called uh, V for Vendetta. Sorry. And there was a there was a character in there. Oh, V for Vendetta. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. There was a there was a character in there that was um had schizophrenia, and Alan Moore described it as the the sort of uh, the illness making you you sort of magnetic, sort of giving you a magnetic personality where sort of people are drawn to you. And hmm. kind of like to answer your, your your sort of next question, kind of that's what it felt like when I was in hospital. It probably wasn't like that for anyone else, but to me, <laughs> yeah, it sort of felt like that. It felt like I was, you know, I was in there, and everyone, everyone else was in there to sort of to help me or whatever, or in some hmm. way related to me. Um, other patients so they, included. Did you have met much interaction with other patients, or? Um, I did, and I was probably okay. doing that, doing the head in because I was so upbeat and positive when they yeah. were still all going going through their own thing. Of course, um, yeah. But as I said, like the, the time I was in there, my mood was quite elevated, so that it wasn't really a problem for us. Um, I can imagine it being awful if you if you, if your mood goes the other way, right? But luckily for me, it wasn't. So it, uh, this brings up another question. So your mood was elevated, right? So yep. when uh, when it came time and people were like, well, you need to go here. You need to be institutionalized. You weren't against it at all. You were just like, okay, uh, okay. That as well. Like what were your thoughts there? Um, so at the point I was actually taken in the hospital, um, I was at my grandmother's house that kind of, I would say I'd lost the plot at that point. Really. I didn't know what was going on. Um, I kind of wasn't speaking. I'd lost the ability to speak. Um, ah. my, my grandmother had managed to sort of get us out of the room long enough to call my mother who'd, Got in touch with the the sort of crisis mental health team, yeah. And they turned they turned up, and I I didn't know I didn't understand who they were, uh, and th- and then eventually the police turned up, and because of my behaviour was coming so strange and erratic, and I was sort of worrying people, put us in handcuffs uh, in a police car, took us to the institution. So, wow, man, that is crazy. Like I can't even imagine. Yeah, um, and and it, it's it seems like like a different world now. It, yeah, because you know, like so, talking so to you ago. now, you seem so well. Well, so that's just, it's a crazy testament to how science works, A, and music. I love it. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 Anything else you want to share about being being in there? Or, or um, um, I, I don't know, I want to be respectful as, as I possibly can be. Yeah, so only no, share no. what you're comfortable I, talking about. One thing I would say about it is, it, like, people have the idea about it, that it's going to be, like, an awful place and it's going to be scary. Yeah, um, and there are some there are some strange people in there, but I would say I never felt unsafe while I was in there. It's um, you know, there was the, the occasional in three months with a you know a ward full of sort of um mentally ill, uh, mentally ill blokes. There's a bit of conflict now and then, but it, it never felt sure. sort of uh, it never felt um never felt scary. So I would say it, you know if you've got to go there, don't necessarily dread it. It's not it's not a terrible place. Okay, that's actually not something that I expected to hear. So that's actually really awesome to hear Um, yeah like these places genuinely do help people they're trying to help people no i love that um wow you have a fascinating story and i'm really looking forward to diving into your music more as i'm sure people listening will be as well um i really like stuff that's off the cuff and uh your (laughs) your sort of description of what kind of music you make earlier got me really intrigued and i've listened to some of it as well but uh when the album drops i would definitely i'll I'll definitely be listening to it what date does it drop so you said in april but 
Yeah, it is the twenty Friday, the twenty first of April. The twenty first. Okay, sweet. Yeah, um, that's a week after my album comes out, so that's awesome. Um, okay. Wow. So we won't be we won't be competing for the same listeners. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, also, my crowd is more the video game music nerd crowd, so I, I don't think we'll be okay. competing in general. But uh, it it'll complement. That that's what I'm saying. Um, well, awesome, dude. Uh, is there anything else that you want to share? Uh, because I, I want you to be able to share whatever you want that you think will will help people. Um, the only thing I'd say beyond what I've already talked about mm-hmm. is if you're struggling, things are going to get massively better, like not just a little bit better. It's like your, light, your life can entirely change. Um, and it can go from really struggling to, you know, happy and productive member of society. I love that. Yeah, absolutely love that. And I would say also to add to that, that the cat, <clears throat> excuse me, the catalyst is change. It's positive change. Um, obviously, your life changed in the ways it needed to in a, in a positive sense. And look at you now, you're thriving, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. So, guess, yeah. So, so one, yeah, one my, thing I've said, go ahead. Sorry. One thing I've said in the past is um, had I not had those psychotic, psychotic episodes, I wouldn't have been put in touch with the mental health services. And I probably wouldn't have dealt with the anxiety that sort of plagued my life up until that point. So overall, it sort of has been been like a a, a positive thing overall. Although it was, um, you know, there were parts of it that were a bit rough, but uh, yeah, positive sure. overall. Right. I mean, any any growth journey is going to have ups and downs, right? We even say in a in a disclaimer in the description of every episode that like we're not this, and if you need actual help, go get it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you're here saying that yeah, do it because I've done it and it's changed my life. And I love that yeah. because um, it just sort of validates, uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel like it, it validates this mission and, and I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you would agree or not, but I just, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much, Pete, for, for sharing your story. And um, I really, I really hope that it helps people also through the music that you make. Um please check out Pete. I will link all his stuff in the description below. So you can do that. Um, yeah, I, I guess anything else you want to say? Otherwise, uh, I think we can conclude this episode. Uh, no, I don't think so. Just thank you very much for having me yeah. on. It's been, uh, it's been great to be able to sort of share my story on, on this podcast, which, you know, the title of it is, uh, highly relevant to this yeah. album, as I said. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, and yeah, thank you, Pete. It has been an absolute pleasure and I wish you all the success. And if you ever want to be a guest again, uh, sometime in the future, let me know if you have new music coming out, you want me to throw it on the podcast, please let me know. I would be happy to do it. So brilliant. Thank you. Cool. Definitely. All right. We will see you guys next month on the music and mental health podcast. Take care.